Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And Chris Emke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, guys, we've had an overwhelming response on Facebook. We want to give a big thank you to everybody. Uh, I jumped on the computer and... Yeah, I just wanted to give you a special shout out, Paul Wilson, for once again motherfucking me. <laughs> yeah. Like, Jesus yeah. Christ. A, a few of you who had more than three days old of a message, I uh, wrote in and blamed Chris for not getting back to you. So thank you. And a, and a huge shout out, uh, the person I felt the worst about not getting back to... <laughs> Uh, was Kurt Wheeler out of Alaska. Sorry, Kurt. <laughs> Kurt. Kurt has reached out to us on behalf of 907 Diesel, uh, the biggest diesel group in Alaska. Shout out. Uh, he he gave us an invite last year to go to their big sled pole and, and dyno event. Uh, we were not able to make it. Although one of these years, I, yeah. I'm putting that one in the budget. Like we're go, going to Alaska. I want to go to Alaska. Yeah, when it's know? nice out too, because they're yeah. out sled pulling, right? So like that's when to do it. Uh, so Kurt, anyways, Kurt actually also has an 05 Ram, G56 HP tuner tunes, 63 millimeter Cheetah, third gen manifold, 50 horsepower nozzles and some rebuilt bodies. 10 mil CP3, AirDog, ARP studs, valve springs, uh, the basics. He's going to upgrade to essentially what's a 40, 45% over injector. Okay. I think he called them the Big Bang one and a half. Hell yeah. Um, it, anyways, his question was, I got a goal of having like around a 650 horsepower daily driver tow rig, and he does tow pretty often. Okay. Right? Uh, he wants also to be able to jump on a dyno and swing big dick and make that 750, 800 horsepower. This is the perfect fucking truck to do it with. Can I say that to get started? Like, yeah, if you want like a great tow rig and be able to jump on a dyno once in a while and make a bunch of power, you, you started with the right framework. I mean, not even that, just the, you know, the... The value, the investment, you yeah. know, you're not going to find a more simplistic approach to make that power than you are a 5.9 platform. Absolutely. So, you know, I would say, you know, he said his goal was like, <clears throat> you know, 650 horsepower for daily driving and towing application. He wants the truck to potentially peak out at around 750, 800 horse. Um, you know, I would say that the injector size he was talking about, I'd want to bump that up a little bit more. Maybe get into like, uh, I'm not big with the big bang, in, bang injectors, but probably like something in the 60% range. Yeah. I, I prefer that myself. Um, you know, and... It, the, the 63 millimeter cheetah i mean we have some experience with that you know uh we have a turbocharger that's somewhat comparable so we have that understanding uh when it comes to that size being in an he 351 right. frame so compounding over that you know i would i would match that up with like an s475 you know it's so funny you say that chris because a part of his message actually detailed i am thinking about a twin turbo kit yeah. and putting a 475 or a 480 yeah. over my cheetah i don't really want to get into my primary charger um, obviously this segment comes from WC fab. Yeah. Thank you so much to our sponsor, Jason Worley and that the, works the out team perfectly. over there at WC fab. Yeah. We would strongly urge you to consider an S 475 over stock kit on this, uh, with a larger set of Exergy injectors. Yeah. I think that would be, you know, like I said, he already has the framework. He already has all the supporting mods, you know, Kurt, you're literally a set of injectors and a compound or an add a turbo setup away from all of your goals. So, you know, if you have any questions, feel free to give us a shout. And, uh, you know, we'd be glad to help, you know, yeah. even though I'm three days late on responses and Paul had to get on the phone or on the computer after hours. Y thank you. You know what's funny, so. Chris, is I'll give it to you. At Calibrated Power and Duramax Tuner, you are on your A game. Yeah. Why don't you give Kurt your contact info over there so he can follow up with you? We'll give you the Cummins one here. Absolutely. I'll definitely uh, reach out to him.
Perfect. Awesome. Uh, Duramax Tuner has been launching a new video series. Uh, they've brought us that video series into a podcast form as well. So we're going to be doing a quick review. Cold weather starts on the Diesel Insights video series from Duramax Tuner. It couldn't have come at a better time. Just all of the phone traffic that we've been getting over at the shop, uh, guys calling. I mean, we've been getting some crazy cold weather in the Midwest, but even yeah. in the southern states, like all across the U.S., it's been a little colder than usual. I love I love when there's an ice storm in Oklahoma because it yeah. means the whole country is fucking Or snow weather. in Florida. Like, nobody what, knows what is what that? Right. Snow just, in Florida, man. They shut it down. Nobody knows what to do. Nobody so, owns a shovel. Uh, they don't know what to do with their diesels when it's cold either. Let's dive into this, Paul. Diesel, you've owned them. I've owned them. We've lived in the Midwest our whole lives. What do you think about when you think about cold weather and diesel engines? Number one, me, I think about MPGs because okay. that's the largest volume of calls I got. Yeah. Um, I can tell you, I've always you know, considered buying a gas engine for the winter because my fuel economy <laughs> does go down and that's why I have a diesel, whether it's my car or the trucks I've owned over the years. Right. But uh, there is a significant drop and that comes from two parts. You yep. know, um, here in the Midwest, we actually have summer blend fuel and winter blend fuel. And the winter blend fuel, uh, it's it burns quick. It yeah. burns quick, to say the least. Um, and secondly, the engine, it takes so long to get to operating temp. So when you have these engines not running at operating temp or running lower than operating temp, they're going to utilize more fuel because they're trying to get warm. They're trying to get to operating temp. So, Elevated idle, man. Yep. It, it, it is there to get the truck warmed up, but it also <clears throat> costs fuel to do yep. that. So that's a real basic one. Uh, fuel gelling is one of those calls that I get. I don't want to say often because I really don't. It, it's once in a while. But when you get them... It is heartbreaking yeah. because you have somebody who has to get to work. It's early in the morning. They went out and started the truck early. Um, it started. It started. Yep. It's been sitting there idling for 20 minutes. They get in, they drive it. They make it all the way out of their driveway to where now they're in the fucking road. Yep. And then <clears throat> poof. Uh, yeah, it dies on them and they can't get it yeah. to crank back over. I mean, I've been in this situation, you know, I get underneath the truck with a propane torch and I'm like, come on, just fucking warm up, you know? So stupid. But, uh, not, not the recommended way right. to fix that. And it happened to me this year. It happened with, I have several vehicles, it happened with one of my spares. Yeah. And, um, it's not as simple as just letting it thaw out. You know, the yeah. fuel filter's trash. You Generally, you have to bleed the system again. I mean, it's it's a process. Yeah, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. No, for sure. And and, and that's really, I guess, my thing on gelling is your best way to prevent <clears throat> gelling is store your truck inside. If yeah. that's not possible, I'm sorry. Uh, get creative or be prepared. Make sure you have additive in the truck, anti-gelling additive. It's not the end-all, be-all, but it does help. Yeah. You know, one of the things, you know, Nick over at Duramax Tuner, he ran into this, so. You know, we have a lot of shop vehicles, and those vehicles aren't always used. Right. And um, <clears throat> in the fall, you know, it got 20 degrees, 15 degrees, and he took one of the vehicles home, and it had summer blend fuel still in there. That motherfucker gelled right up. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of those things, come pick me up. Well, it was a cold spell. It ended up warming up. He was yeah. fine. But, you know, you run into stuff like that. So it happens. It happens. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, last week we had talked about some of the do's and don'ts for Maxergy, uh, one of them being don't pour a bottle of 911 yeah. in. Oh, It'll no. just bleed a hole yep. through it. Uh, things like like that. Some of the other things you can do is not delete your intake heater or grid heater. Uh, fix your glow plugs or at least have yeah. six don't, or seven working ones. That was don't my call your tuner and say, hey, man, I got you know glow plug three, four, and six out. Can you just shut the codes off? You just asked for that on your shit yesterday. <laughs> Today. I said don't call your tuner. I can do what I want. <laughs> I, know, I, I know the repercussion. Okay, I'm cool with that, but you know, every winter I tell myself this. I'm going to make sure my, my harness for the glow plugs are good. I'm going to make sure the glow plugs are all working. 
I'm going to make sure I have a block heater that works. Yeah. You know, and if you have, you know, a Cummins, don't delete the the block or the 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 grid heater. And right. then a Duramax, like you said, don't delete the intake heater. No, it just it, it makes sense. Those things are there for a yeah. reason. If you live in somewhere that has cold weather. There's no benefit to deleting them. We've looked at it with flow charts and all of that and horsepower numbers. and Data. There's there's no benefit there. I understand the concept, but uh, do yourself a favor. Leave those working. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Exergy's do's and don'ts, uh, we, of course, have some new do's and don'ts yeah. from Exergy. So, really simple ones this week, Chris. Why don't you kick us off yeah. with a don't? I'm gonna, you know what? So I, I get this a lot. You know, uh, I own a common rail, you know, a Duramax, Cummins, what have you. I want the truck to last. Okay. The flip side of that, I have a lot of guys that say, oh, I blew up my motor 150000 miles. Oh, what happened? Oh, an injector failure. So <laughs> some of the com- most of the common rails, you're going to have some some premature, you know, showings, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, hazing at idle, uh, fuel in the crankcase, little things like that. If you know that you're having an injector issue, don't push it. Replace them. Injectors are expensive, but replacing a motor is much more expensive. I got this call this week. Um, Hey, man, I checked my balance rates. We went through how he yeah. checked them. So just like our previous extra do's and don'ts, he checked them correctly. And he says, I got three injectors that are over seven. Okay. Everything else is like within one to two. Uh, can I drive on it? Yeah. And and I, I just kind of stopped for a second. I thought because my, my initial instinct is to scream, no, right. why would you do that? Uh, but like I do understand that desire, that idea of like how bad is yep. it? Here's my thing. Uh, it's kind of like what you just said. If it's kind of bad now, driving on it's just going to continue to yeah. make it worse. You're, you're not going to put an additive in there to fix it. You're not going to limp it by. That, that's not something you do with injectors. Um, you really, as soon as you identify that there's an issue, either stop driving the truck or repair mm-hmm. it. Those are your best options. Anything beyond that is a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I mean, when we talk about longevity out of the engines, you know, maintenance is always one, you know, but the heart and soul, I feel, of any common rail engine is the injectors. And when they're bad, that becomes a maintenance item. Yes, common rail injectors are expensive. But as I said earlier, you know, just do it. Get it over with. You know, have yeah. the truck to last another few hundred thousand miles. That's so. it, man. That's it. Uh, okay, and then the do from Exergy this week is going to be do put an LB7 regulator on an LB7 CP3. Wait, so my buddy said if I put an LBZ regulator on, it's going to make more power? Yeah, so here's the idea behind that, right, is uh, an LBZ regulator, LBZs themselves, have a higher scaled rail pressure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they go up to 26, 27,000. 26,000, right. Yeah, 20, 26,000 PSI. <clears throat> LB7s are a little bit lower. 23, 24, somewhere in that ballpark. Exactly. So the idea is that if I have more rail pressure, I'm going to make more power. Therefore, I should run an LBZ regulator on my LB7, and that'll equate in more fuel, more power. All of these things are controlled in tunes, and really, rail pressure isn't what we manipulate to make more power in your tune. Rail pressure is something the truck commands based on what we do manipulate, which would more more than likely be pulse width uh, along with a lot of other things, right? right. So, So the idea here is, is putting this on now there used to be a situation where you would run into it was very expensive to buy an lb7 regulator and it was cheap to buy an lbz for whatever reason so guys were doing it just on a cost they weren't even like i want more power they're just like hey it's it's half the price or the flip side you know you buy the cheaper regulator but then you go buy custom tuning for that otherwise a truck would you'd have a right you'd be like manfred and have a built-in lobe tune (laughs) you know (laughs) 
So, you know, just want to name drop there. I love that. Big shout out to Manfred. Um, but yeah, okay. So so that's the thing is, is you do need a tune. This can be corrected if you've already done it. Uh, your EFI Live tuners like Duramax Tuner or, or the other good guys out there, they can correct this in the tune. However, there's no benefit. And now the cost difference really isn't there. Yep. You could just simply get an LB7 regulator from Exergy. So really, really simple on that stuff, guys. Uh, th- I think those are really solid heads up. As far as industry news for the week, Chris, we do have some UCC qualifiers getting announced on a regular we basis. Do. We do. Along with UCC competitors. Yeah. I'm really excited. I think in the next couple of weeks here, the newsstand is going to finally hit with yep. Diesel Power Challenge, getting some more info out there yep. on who's being voted on. Uh, so we're watching those competitions really closely. We're very proud and very grateful to be the official podcast of both the Ultimate Callout Challenge and the Diesel Power Challenge. Yep. You know, it's... <laughs> Being uh, being an enthusiast in, in, in this industry and, and reading the magazines for years, it's cool now they have one-on-one. I mean, we're going to be interviewing a majority of these guys. So our listeners are going to have a one-on-one, you know, uh, firsthand experience of what the competitors are going through leading up to the event. So yeah. it's going to be really cool. I'm really looking forward to all the interviews. Um, we're even going to do some extra, you know, weekend stuff for the interviews just to get them all through. So, yeah. you know. I don't do weekend stuff just for the hell of it. So I'm excited. <laughs> and finally here, we are very excited to say thank you to Alligator Performance. Uh, they've sponsored our special guest interview uh, segment of the show. Yeah, UCC competitor today, right? And UCC competitor, Rawlings Barnes. What's happening, guys? Oh, man, we're doing good. Getting ready for UCC. Starting to get excited to hear everybody getting announced, man. You're yeah, man, uh, pretty the... excited about it. I guess, what is it, like a year away, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> that, that seems to be where what everybody thinks well, as far as their truck plan is, right? is away, right? I got a year yeah, to do it this. Is, it is. It's like the last-minute crunch, the entire build. So, yeah, I get it completely. <laughs> now, last year you guys went out there and competed. Who drove for you guys last year? So Aaron, Aaron drives every year. That's that's his baby. He uh, he bought that truck, believe it or not, off the lot. Um, it's probably only got about six thousand miles. They've been a little bit hard miles, but it's, it's uh, <laughs> the truck he bought. I don't even know, man. It's an 08, so I don't know how many. I guess he bought it in 08 or 09, and and he's been racing it ever since. A lot of history in that truck. Isn't but uh, Aaron drove it both years in UCC, and and will be driving it again this year. So we're really excited about it. That's the same regular cab that he had after he had the crew cab in DPC years back, right? Um, it is. It is the same two sections of frame rail. And <laughs> um, but as far as anybody else is concerned, I mean, you know, out of the twenty five people that are probably listening to this, it's the same one. Ooh, awesome. He thinks our numbers went up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> correction, 26. <laughs> I did get my mom to download it. Wait uh, a minute. Is that correct? Is that corrected numbers or uncorrected? Maybe. I'm not sure. It depends what shop you're reporting this from. Now, yeah, what kind of what kind of data? Yeah, I got you. Now, y- you've been doing the drag racing over the last year, though, right? Not in that truck. Not uh, Right, but... Yes. But for Rudy's. That's right. That's right. So we, you know, we obviously, our company's grown a lot. We're really busy. Um, so we kind of split the duties when we can. Aaron took about a year off and uh, and hasn't done much. We didn't race our four-wheel drive at all last year. We did we did compete UCC and, um, uh, you know, didn't did, definitely didn't have the finish that we wanted. And we just kind of, we, we put all of our, our focus on the two-wheel drive and, um, which, you know, things went really well with that. Well, we learned a lot with that truck, which was the big thing. And uh, we just got really focused on turning around our program 
finally got in a really good spot, and, uh, and you know, here we go again with UCC. Uh, but instead of doing it simple, like, like everybody else is doing the same thing, we decided to, to pretty much start all over again. So we, we built a completely new chassis, um, completely new setup for UCC. I think, I think folks are going to be pleasantly surprised with what we roll out of the trailer in Indy. Well, we're definitely excited for that, and we're going to drill into you a little bit on the, on those finer points. Real quick, uh, I was standing, oh, 30 feet away from your truck at the end of the sled pull last year. Um, Did you get hit with a white box? I, I, I like, the dust from it definitely was in my eyes. What the fuck <laughs> happened? <laughs> so, um, true story. So, Aaron and I had already left, believe it or not. We, uh, we had a, we had some other commitments on Monday. We had to get back, but, uh, uh one of our employees, Zach Peters, uh, drove it in the pool. And, um, in the midst of everything getting swapped over, they forgot to pin the weight bar. Oh, no. And, uh, yeah. So it made for some interesting video and some great jokes. <laughs> hey, all publicity is good publicity. <laughs> it, it, I, I totally agree. I mean, why do you think we ran the, on the dyno with the motor pretty much done already? So, yeah, of course. <laughs> Well, that was the other thing. You guys, you guys had some challenges on the dyno, um, but but absolutely zero fear. So, was I correct in catching some of the aftermath on this? The engine blew on the dyno, kept going, and then threw a new engine in it for the sled pull. We did, man. We did. We uh, we brought the extra engine, and uh, the the engine actually pretty much was done after the drag race. We. Uh, that was the triple turbo motor that made almost 2,000 horsepower the year before. Yeah. And um, we really, man, I'm going to be honest with you, it's all about getting the right program and the right people. And we we really struggled for, for a few years. We, we were able to make power, but we just weren't able to make things consistent. Um, that was our goal with the two-wheel drive. Is we really wanted to go out there and be consistent. And so we just decided to go back to the drawing board. And I think we talked about it on the show last time. We decided to go from triples down to a single and just and let's just worry about making runs and making passes and making the thing reliable and, and stop, you know, fretting over drive pressure. And so that's what we did. And that, that triple motor just really, really, really had a lot of struggles with bearings, um, just the whole oiling side of it. And so, um, you know, we can talk about some of the details, but uh, but we we definitely are not running triples on our truck this year. <laughs> and uh, um, but yeah, that motor let go in drag racing. We ended up running on the dyno anyway, and then it completely let go. We swapped motors just for the sled pull. Is it safe to say from our last interview with the two wheel drive? You know, you're doing a full standalone on that. Will you be running something similar on the UCC truck this year? Absolutely. We uh, we're we're pretty stoked about it going back with the Motec. And awesome. so um, we actually, I, I'll give you a couple couple things that nobody else knows about yet, but uh, uh-huh. we're going to take the Motec race pack combo that's in the two-wheel drive truck now. Um, that'll be going in the four-wheel drive truck because we, you know, we, we were real happy with that setup. And Motec has got uh, some pretty cool new pieces that they debuted at SEMA uh, and PRI, and we are going to be we're going to be transitioning over to that in the two wheel drive. Um, basically, it'll be all Motec, so there won't be any race pack, won't be any smart wire. Um, everything will be controlled through the Motec, um, 
we'll run that for this season in the two-wheel drive. And if, if, you know, if it all goes well with that, then we'll pull the rest of the race pack stuff out of the four-wheel drive probably next year. But we, we, we know all of that stuff, and we know it very well. So we figured that'd be a good fit in the four-wheel drive truck. I mean, you had a full year of proving that, right? So yeah. you got to work yeah, with what you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it just made more financial sense than to go buy, you know, a whole other setup that we knew we were going to ultimately change. Motec has, has been great working with us and, um, and developing this, really, uh, you know, as we go and adding features. And um, and so the, the, the setup in the two-wheel drive this year is, is, is going to be really cool. Um, but it's the same foundation that that will swap over in the in the UCC truck, so that you know the same the ECU, all of, all of that will be the same. Cool. Um, it's it's really just the data logging stuff. It's a little bit cumbersome to go back and forth between the race back and the Motec, and this will make it make it much more seamless. Nice, very cool. Nice. <clears throat> okay, so so the tuning's nailed down. It sounds like you guys have a really confident plan on there. Can we talk a little bit about the turbo setup? Can you give us some insight? Uh, not triples, quadruples, yeah, it won't be triples. twin yeah, parallels. Yep. Yeah, like six or seven. We're just going to, like, turbo on turbo action. Um, <laughs> it, it's, man, I, you know, I, I told you last time, I, I'm, I'm a firm believer now in, in not overthinking it. And we, we, have, we have found some combinations that work really well. I, I will tell you that it won't be tripled. Um, it, will be, it will be less than three. But there will be, <laughs> there, there will be two different setups. Um, and I'll, I'll just kind of let your mind wonder on that, but we will, we will have two different setups and, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes, man. We're, we're still early in the game. We, you know, we decided to build a new chassis. Um, the truck is 16 inches lower than it was the last time you saw what? it. What? Holy fuck. Um, it is, it is, it is amazing, man. Wow. Our fabricator and. And uh, I call him our crew chief all the time, but Nathaniel DeLong is 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 killed it on this thing. It is it is amazing looking. So we we are building this truck to run UCC, but we're not cutting corners to be able to race it. And so our plan is to race it the full ODSS season in Pro Street. So we'll be actually racing that truck the weekend before UCC at our event. Holy That's shit. That's awesome. You know, the, you're the yeah. second guy. Charlie Keeter, I yep. think, told us, too, he was heading out there for that one. Uh, and I think his exact words were, if it makes it through that, I guess I'll take it to UCC. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. We actually, I mean, we, we are going to run it. That's the first points race. We'll be running it there. And uh, and then we'll we'll load up a couple days later and, and head to Indy. Very so, cool. So let's we're talk. We're excited about it. Let's talk a little bit about the plan while you're there. Now, last year, you guys were able to flip around disaster into success pretty quickly. I mean, yeah, okay, the pins got missed on the weight box, but the run was done. It didn't actually affect the distance he pulled. It was a good pull. Um, you know, it was definitely a solid run. Do you guys plan on bringing backups two of everything? I mean, what, what happens if if all the turbos blow up? You know what I mean? Like, how much do you bring in reserve to prepare for disaster? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, you know, there's a lot of advantage, too, that, that some of us have run UCC both years, and you, you learn so much year to year. I mean, I remember the first year, you know, out in Utah, and I remember it, looking around and just everybody was like in a daze. You know, LeVon obviously killed it, as he always does, and his crew, and they had spent a lot of time thinking through it. And and then we saw even more of that last year. Um I think there's parts that you definitely have to bring backups on 
Um, but but you know you've got to you've got to decide where that is because you, you you can't bring every single thing. Right. Um. I mean, not realistically, I guess. You know, we've got <laughs> a fifty-eight foot semi and a forty-two foot gooseneck, and but you still can't get so many parts in there. And so we we have tried to think through the the parts that we believe are the weak links and. We will bring back up to those. Um, we actually designed this chassis with the thought of changing out drivetrain or engine. Um, so we, we've kind of thought ahead a little bit about that because last year changing that motor out in the pits was horrible. Um, <laughs> de- definitely don't want to go through that again. So uh, if, we, if we, you know, uh, should we have to do anything like that this year, it, it will definitely be a lot easier and a lot quicker for us. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Um, now, obviously, you guys are starting to build a real <clears throat> racing pedigree over there at Rudy's Diesel Performance. Uh, I understand you also have just expanded the racing shop or the, the dedicated area just for the racing program? Yeah, actually, we uh, we have a, or we had a 12,000 square foot service facility, and uh, our service business is, is, is a very, very small part of our business, and it's been dwindling down for for the last couple of years um you know by choice and we made the decision to to really focus on racing this year and so um ended up pulling all but two lifts out of the shop and converting into a full-blown race shop so we have um it's you know we're in nascar country and so we uh we're able to tour a nascar shop and kind of kind of model some of what they're doing in uh, turning things around. So we have our hauler parked in the shop. We have each race truck, because we're going to campaign two trucks this year, so each truck has its own spot with its own parts. Um, uh, we've got an engine building, like a clean shop, just for building race engines. Um, it, it's, it's pretty cool, man, and it's also a place where our customers, when they're in the area, uh, we can take them and show them what we're doing. And uh, Racing has definitely become a big part of what we do at Rudy's now, and, and it's the only marketing and advertising we do, so we, we definitely enjoy it. Cool. Can I assume, then, that you're going to push real hard to be the fastest on the track? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what what you guys ask uh, every competitor, and I'm sure every competitor's got their own way of going about UCC, but I, I feel like you've got to focus on what your platform, what your team is best at, and then work backwards from there. And for us, you know, we're, we're drag racers. Um, I feel like that's going to be our strong point, and that's what we're going to focus on. Um, we're not going to be able to make as much power as Baca and, and, and you know, some of those other guys. I mean, there's no way. It's not going to happen. We know that. And so I feel like we've got to focus on the, on, the, on the events and the disciplines and that, that that we know we can do well at. So drag racing is number one. Uh, Dino would be number two, and I think Sled Bullen's probably oh. last because I think it's kind of a Hail Mary no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. It, it's I, I always think it's funny they put the sled pull on day three yeah. because like that's to most, me the sled pull is the hardest that's most on the truck yep. like for sure right like mm-hmm. this is what's going to break shit if shit's gonna break. Yeah. Um, so if you're yeah, still hanging around, by then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean that's it though, right? Is like if if you've made it to the sled pull event, like now this shakes it loose. Like whose truck is actually gonna make it down the track yeah. and pull off? And there were some impressive moves last year. There like was. We, we saw some big stuff. Um, dropping the truck 16 inches 
you're not going to be able to fit those big ass mud boggers on there. Like you're not going to be able to float on the dirt, man. Like what, what's the plan there? Yeah. So we've got some interesting, interesting things, uh, for that. And like I said, we, we looked at it like, what is our strongest? What is our weakest? And we felt like the sled pull is the biggest, you know, it's, it's the 50, 50 shot. You really don't know what's going to happen. And so, so we built our truck, kind of based around that mentality plus you know like levon and, and i mean levon's like in a whole different category right i love those guys to death um but they're in like a whole different world and and he's been able to do everything and do it well yeah um you know for us we 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 know where our weaknesses are and we're gonna we're gonna do our very best to do better at everything else and in flood pulling is like i said it's the 50 50 thing it, the truck is really low it's made to drag race um you know there's definitely going to be definitely going to be some give and take on that but we're we're hoping that hoping we'll do well i guess we'll see <laughs> i feel like that's a strategy though because like you like you said you're going to identify what you're good at you want to shine in that area and you've also identified that you guys aren't you know sled pullers or the truck isn't going to be set up to you know sled pull but you know you, you already know that going into this you've already identified that you know and the big thing here is is yeah. guys that if they're pushing their trucks or they're you know not set up for a specific thing, I feel like that's where a lot of the, the fuckage or a lot of the breakage is going to take place. For sure. So it, it's, yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, I think you got guys that are stronger in, in one area than others. And sure. they, you know, you can look at the trucks and you can see that you can oh, yeah. tell that they, they're, they're more weighted to one side or the other. Um, you know, whether it's drag race or sled pulling or dyno or, or, or whatever. I think the coolest thing about UCC is that it's pushing the envelope in our industry to, to think outside the box, to develop new parts, to develop new ways of, of going about things and, and not just, you know, sticking a Cummins in any vehicle and hoping it'll do something. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 you know, it, I think it's cool to see people thinking outside of the box. It's just like Waggler's truck. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, who would have ever thought that Jeremy and those guys would bring that to try to compete in UCC? Um but, you know, I think they learned a lot. I'm, I'm interested to see how things go moving forward. But I, I love to see the envelope getting pushed. And, and for us, we're not going to build a UCC truck. We're building a truck to race this season, and we're going to do UCC with it. There are some things that we wouldn't have done. Um, you know, we built a chassis, so there are some things we would have done different. Right. If we weren't going to do UCC, we've got to think about the flood pool side of it. Um, hopefully we don't fold our brand new chassis up, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely cool to see them both getting pushed. No doubt about it. You said it well, man. Absolutely. Well, Rawlings, I definitely appreciate you carving out some time out of your busy schedule for our listeners today. Uh, anybody you would like to give a shout out to, or any final notes you'd like to give to our listeners? No, I, I appreciate everybody, uh, that supports UCC. We're looking forward to having a great year. I know tickets are on sale. There's discount codes. Uh, all over Facebook, show, show social media. I have a hard time talking. Um, but, man, I just I appreciate everybody coming out. Looking forward to seeing some great fans out there. And I appreciate what you guys are doing for the industry and helping us all out. Who do you guys think is going to win anyway? I should put you on the spot. Man. I dig it. No, no. Thank you oh, so God. much for putting us on the spot. Chris, let's hear it. Oh, Real-world prediction. I mean, I, L- let I'm, me, a, I'm a Cummins ahead. guy, right? I, I am. Um, I think... He's scrambling, man. Oh, no, yeah. it's, so here's the reality of it. I, I would. I don't want to see Levon win again. Okay, I, personally, I don't. 
Okay, but he is. You know, we're going to interview him at some point. I know that. I'm sure he doesn't listen to the show. You're good. Probably, but it's like he's he's won DPC, he's won UCC. I would love to see someone else win. I don't really have a specific person in mind, but honestly, it would be incredible to see someone in a Ford application win. Uh, Honestly. Okay. Okay. Prove a point. Um, Wade Wade Minter made a big splash last year. Uh, Mike Graves, I've never, I've seen guys like grab whatever broke off of their shit, like and hold it over their head, but like I've never seen somebody so excited to break their truck as as uh, Mike Graves. <laughs> I would, I would love to see Mike win one. Um, everybody we've talked to, like out of everybody we've contacted at this point in January, nobody has a truck together that's running. No. Let, let me preface my my prediction with that. Um, based on that, it, it is really hard to guess. I mean, D Rose, yeah. huge fucking showing last yeah, year, I mean, right? He had a truck that was untested. I mean, there was a lot of stuff there, a right? lot With of a stuff new there. engine. But I, I just don't want to see a Cummins win. I I think I really think that if I was going to bet my money, like my money on it, I would bet on Levon. Um, I, I just think he's going to be hard to beat at this point. I think he he's proven that he can go through all three and do all three well. Mm-hmm. Um, the strategy, I don't know if it's the strategy or the pit crew that get guys through the UCC into the final stages. Like Derek Rose, all, all the guys who did well, right? Like anybody, any of them, you look at them, it's like it, it could be either. Because it certainly wasn't just who had the most money. And I know yeah. a lot of guys have said that about UCC, but look at like XDP is not a small shop. Yeah. They couldn't keep, they the, couldn't truck keep together, the truck together, right? Like it's. It's a tough fucking competition. That contest made them and, regroup and <laughs> that's, recamp. And that's why I think like Levon's, Levon's the guy to beat. You know, that's just the obvious pick. Yeah, absolutely. I think everybody bashes UCC. You know, what I've seen out there, people bashing it is, is talking about the money. And everybody's like, well, we don't have the budget to compete. We don't have it. But it's a little bit of everything. You know, you yeah. don't see just guys that spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. You see guys, you know, that really run their program on the shoestring, and they do well. I think it's just neat to see what shows up because you know not everybody's showing their cards not everybody is oh yeah is you know even remotely showing their cards i mean we we've heard some things through the rumor we're excited to see what shows up yeah. um <laughs> but but i i love levon and those guys you know they're they're very 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 close friends i would love to see somebody else win you know right. those guys I, I would never say they don't deserve to win because they do but oh. i would love to see somebody new win and that's um, that's one thing I want to yeah. bring up. I don't want to get any flack for saying that I, I don't want to see him win because they rightfully deserve it. But it would be nice to see some uh, see things you know have the tables turn a little bit, right, and see something that no one expected. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's I what agree. the industry is going to be awesome, man. And how many days we we have got a year, right? Isn't that like yeah. ten months? We got a ways to go. Yeah, yeah, you show up in a year. <laughs> that'll make that'll make it easier for somebody for sure. <laughs> Awesome. Thanks so much, Rawlings. You have a great day, sir. Hey, thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one. The Diesel Performance Podcast is brought to you by Calibrated Power Solutions, home of DuramaxTuner.com. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including Duramax, Cummins, PowerStroke, John Deere Case, New Holland, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out calibratedpower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. If you'd like to contact the podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtutor.com or chris at cehmk at DuramaxTuner.com. Both Paul and Chris may be contacted by phone. Paul's extension is 2121. Chris is 2122. 
Hey, thanks for listening. Your feedback is appreciated. Please rate and review us on iTunes. Subscribe on YouTube. Like us on Facebook. And by all means, let us know if you have any ideas for a podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Special shout out, Paul Wilson, for once again motherfucking me. Yeah. Jesus Christ. A a few of you who had more than three days old of a message, I uh, wrote in and blamed Chris for not getting back to you. So uh, 